Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Brett, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Happy early Thanksgiving, man. Brett, what's up? Hey, thanks, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning Brett. Uh, a lot to get into uh, with you as we look across college football. Let's start with the latest rankings. Did you have an issue? And <clears throat> and listen, you know, if teams remain undefeated, everything will take care of itself. But what about the idea of Ohio State jumping over LSU? Yeah, you know, I thought if, if both teams won out and won their respective conference championships, that Ohio State would ultimately jump LSU. I was surprised that they did it at this point in the season Um, because I thought at this point right now, I actually would put LSU slightly above Ohio state, but with Ohio state finishing with ranked Michigan and then a ranked either Wisconsin or Minnesota in the big 10 championship. And then LSU only playing ranked Georgia to finish the season. I thought that would give Ohio state the edge. So I think ultimately the committee basically values Ohio State's overall performance, both offensively and defensively. You can't argue with with LSU's offense, but defensively they haven't been as strong. So I think it was a combination of the uh, cliched eye test and also uh, the resume is close enough that they just feel Ohio State's a better overall team. And I think it's fairly significant because, you know, the main thing is – you know, if you if you get the number one seed, you stay out of the two hole, and what that means is you avoid Clemson because I know Clemson hasn't played anybody this year, but they're the the defending champs. They've won you know twenty what is it twenty seven consecutive games, twenty five consecutive games, whatever it is. Um, and I really think they are going to be the toughest out of this whoever ends up in the final four. Um, so if we still have two weeks left, it could get shaken up but i i think with what ohio state has left on their schedule now that they're at number one i don't see them falling out of the top spot if they can if they can win out convincingly these last two weeks so brett hey you mentioned clemson so let me ask you man um in your opinion right what's the most uh, what would be more of an appealing first round matchup would it be ohio state versus clemson or lsu versus clemson well when you say appealing are you talking what are you are you talking about like, for entertainment or what? Uh, uh, like, what's the better game? What's just the better football game? What well, the better matchup? Um, you know, I think I think any either Ohio State or LSU versus Clemson would would be great. Right. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> if I'm Ohio State or LSU, I don't want to play Clemson until I, know. I get to Me the neither. final. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, I mean, because look, Dabo Sweeney's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. I mean, they they started out the first rankings; they were only ranked. Um, you know they've got up to, to number three. They're, look, they're going to stay there unless somebody above above them 
loses, which, um, you know, is significant because, um, you know, they'll probably end up, you know, the number one seed based on geography will, will go to the Peach Bowl because that's closest to their campus. And then the two, three game will be at the Fiesta Bowl. Um, so, you know, it, it could impact fan, to, uh, you know, following and, and that sort of thing. But, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see their game. Um, I, I want, you know, I'd like to see Utah get, in the, get into the, yeah, the Final too. Four, too. Yeah, me too. I agree. Yep. Just because I, I really think people don't realize how good they are. I don't think enough people know enough about Utah. They are really, really good. The problem is their schedule. They, they have yet to beat a top 25 ranked team. Obviously, that would change if they beat Oregon for the Pac-12 championship. Um, but, you know, I, I'd love to see, you know, Utah play Ohio State. You know, the, the one question with Ohio State, maybe we'll find this out this week, is they really have not been, you know, they haven't been tested. They haven't had to play a close game yet. It, this will be their, their, you know, most hostile road environment. How does Justin Fields um, react to that? We'll have to find out. I, I just know... You know, after Clemson squeaked by North Carolina, I talked to Dabo Sweeney about Trevor Lawrence, and you know everybody was criticizing Lawrence and Clemson at that at that point. And he's like, "Look, Brett, this is the first time in two years that Trevor Lawrence has been in a game where the game's been the margin's been less than two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter." He goes, "We don't know how he's going to respond to that. You can't replicate that in practice, no matter what you want to do." And I think that's kind of similar to Justin Fields in Ohio State. What happens? If they're at Michigan and they have some turnovers, there's some adversity, and it's a close game in the fourth quarter, will they continue to steamroll people, or, or could there be some hiccups? You know, Brent, how about Oklahoma here? Uh, for the Sooner fan that's on the outside looking in right now, uh, what do the Sooners need to get themselves into those playoffs? Well, here I don't think the committee knows what they think of Oklahoma <laughs> right now. I think they've been really inconsistent because Oklahoma ranked – 10th a couple of weeks ago and then they go win at Baylor and they win it at number 13 Baylor so what happens the committee moves them exactly one spot up I thought they should have moved them up more um, you look at Oklahoma's overall resume and of, if LSU Clemson and Ohio State wins out we'll say they're the top three so the fourth spot will come down to Oklahoma Utah if they win and then Alabama well Alabama will wins out they will be one and one against top 25 teams utah will be one and one against top 25 teams oklahoma depending on if oklahoma state and iowa state remain in the top 25 oklahoma could have four wins against the final top 25 teams in the college football playoff rankings and if they win the big 10 big 12 championship in the history of the college football playoff you've never had a team uh among the top four teams in the final rankings you've never had a team that had more top 25 victories and the same number of losses with the with comparable teams that did not get into the playoff. So based on that history, look, they don't look they don't go by what they do in the past. So based on the past committees, they've always valued top 25 wins um, over over anything else as long as as you have the same number of losses. So based on that, it w- looks promising that Oklahoma would be able to jump over Utah in Alabama, but I'm just wondering if if the committee hasn't doesn't value OU over Utah right now, and OU right now has three top 25 wins, then 
Utah beats Oregon, OU beats Baylor again, beats Oklahoma State, you know, I, I'm not so certain that they will jump OU over Utah. I think OU has to be dominating in Stillwater this week in Bedlam, and I think they need to handle Baylor. If they win a couple of close games, which they've basically done the last three weeks, um, I think Utah stays in front of them. But I think if OU can be decisive in those games, I know there's going to be a huge outcry about brand name and this and that. Ultimately, OU will get in, and it will be simply because they'll have four top 25 wins, and Utah and Alabama will only have one. And I think the Sooners then get the fourth spot and play Ohio State. Yeah, You know, Brett, I understand it's a lot, and you just laid it all out perfectly, man. Thanks for that. But, like, so – you know, in that fourth spot when the dust settled, I mean, it's understandable that it could be Georgia, it could be Bama, it could be OU, it could be Utah. I'm with you personally. I'd like to see Utah. I don't speak for Moose, but I know we both talked up Utah a good amount, so yeah. it might be kind of cool to see Utah. Yeah, and Utah in that fourth spot. Who, when the dust settles and everything is, 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 is locked in, I mean, just put yourself out there for a second. Who gets that fourth spot? Is it Bama? Well, is it Georgia? You know, Utah, OU. What do you think? Right. Well, Georgia has to win a Georgia loss and they're out of it. So that that's simple. Um, you know, look, I'll just I know this never happens in college football that that all the favorites win. Right, you know, right. hey, there's never any upsets. Right. Sure. But I'll, I'll 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 pretend like we won't have any major upsets. So Ohio State, LSU, Clemson are going to be your top three in some some kind of order. Sure. I think I think OU. If OU wins out, they get in. I really, I really do. I think, even though right now they're back at number seven, right. I think. Look, Utah and OU are both going to jump Alabama because they will have conference championships, and the committee values that. Georgia loses to LSU; they have to shuffle down. Um, so, as long as those top three win, and OU wins out, I think, I think OU gets the jump over Utah. I, I'd love to see Utah in there. I think, you know. They're vastly underrated before the season. You know, I picked them to get to the college football playoff and win the Pac-12. So I guess selfishly, I kind of want to see them. But I, I just really think they're that good. They, they beat every Pac-12 team by at least 18 points, except for a road win at Washington when they only won by uh, by five. And then of course, they lost when their running back Zach Moss uh, was hurt against USC. And now that USC team, given up for dead, is is going to finish 8-4 and four in, in the top 20. So, uh, ultimately, I think OU wins. You know, if everybody wins out, if anybody slips up, then, you know, if whoever survives will win. Uh, Alabama's going to need basically Utah, Oklahoma, and somebody one through three to lose for them to have a chance. I, I think they have absolutely no shot to get in. We're talking to Brett McMurphy, uh, stadium college football insider. All right, Brett, let's uh, move on to some of the matchups this weekend. Get your thoughts here. Um, and the big one at the, the big house in Ann Arbor, noon kickoff, the great rivalry, Ohio State and Michigan. You know, Wolverine fans are hopeful, but maybe this is the year. How good of a game do you think we're going to get Saturday in Ann Arbor? Well, for Michigan fans, I guess it can't be any worse <laughs> than the past few years, right? Um, you know, the, the thing is, since Harbaugh is infamous, you know, this is our finest hour comment at halftime of the Penn State game. Uh, in, the, in the three and a half games since that statement, I mean, Michigan has looked like a totally different team. Um, excuse me, it's been four and a half games. Yeah. Um, you know, they dominated Notre Dame, obviously Maryland and Michigan State and Indiana weren't the toughest of competition. But while they dominated offensively, which was a good sign, I think more importantly, they stopped turning the ball over. They've had one turnover uh, 
in those last four and a half games. In the first six and a half games, they had 14 turnovers. So they've, they've figured out something, and I think it's really worked well. I mean, what, kind of what I referenced earlier, what happens to Ohio State when they get into a close game in the fourth quarter? You know, they actually looked human against Penn State. They turned the ball over a little bit. And look, this is Justin Fields' first year starting. He's played at Indiana. He's played at a Nebraska team that's at below 500. He's played at Northwestern. He's played at Rutgers. I mean, he, there's a lot of libraries that are louder than those places right now. Now he goes in to Michigan, you know, and they're going to be frenzied, uh, incredible atmosphere. Can Ohio State handle that that surroundings and atmosphere? If, if they can, then they'll be fine. But, if you know, it, a lot of weird things happen when teams go on the road. And, look, Ohio State, now they're back at number one. I'm not saying they're, they're playing – and not to win, but sometimes teams play not to lose to kind of keep that ranking, and that, that affects them a little bit. And also for Ryan Day, look, he's been incredible. He doesn't get mentioned enough in Coach of the Year um, consideration of what he's done. I think this is a better team with Urban, with uh, Ryan Day than it was with Urban Meyer. But this is also his biggest game um, as a head coach, and we'll have to see how, how the Buckeyes respond to that. You know, another another huge one, Brett, is uh, obviously the Iron Bowl with Auburn trying to uh, completely destroy the the playoff hopes of uh, number five Alabama. Uh, you know, a sophomore quarterback Mac Jones. Let's see what he can do against Auburn. What do you think happens in this thing, man? Break this thing down for us, Auburn and Bama. Yeah, I think um, I heard on the you know in the intro, you guys have your picks coming up. I don't know if yeah. it's NFL, NFL or college. Both. I, we do I it all there, like... Brett. We do it all. Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do it all, bro. <laughs> uh, okay, I like the lightning minus one and a half. Um, I like <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, I like. Um, I actually like Auburn. Um, you know, Alabama when they've been a favorite of less than a touchdown uh, the last seven times, they're only they're only one and six against the spread, and they've only won three of those games. So, what does that tell me? It tells me the majority of games that Alabama plays, they are just simply so much better than the opponent, and this is in no way to be negative or derogatory against Nick Saban. But I think this is a huge game for Auburn. It's at Auburn. They are a different team at home compared to on the road. Um, Look, they held LSU to 23 points. They're the only team, and that was at LSU. They're the only team that's held LSU under five touchdowns, and that says a lot. And then, you know, they had the game um, with Georgia. It was a slugfest. They lose 14-21. Auburn's got a – has the best I know Saban said this is the best team they faced this year he's saying that to to try to you know convince the committee um, that if they win this game they should be in they're not going to buy it though Um, you know look Auburn's a different team at home they have one of the best defensive lines in the country and also Matt Jones Alabama's quarterback takes over for two at Tungavailoa you know, this is not Western Carolina. You and I and eight other guys could have beat Western Carolina. Yeah. Um, this is a whole different animal. I think this is a huge game for Auburn. You know, look, it's not going to impact them bowl wise. They're gonna, they're not going to make a New Year's six. But you, you, you referenced it at the start. They can officially knock Alabama out of the playoff, and we've seen some crazy stuff happen in the Iron Bowl. I think, I think the Tigers. Uh, take care of Bama at home. You know, Brett, uh, you know, a, a big story uh, in the Northeast and, and certainly a guy that's got, you know, college ties, NFL ties, Ohio State, Rutgers. W- what happened between the Scarlet Knights and that Rutgers football program 
and Pat Hobbs, the athletic director, and Greg Schiano, where it fell apart there, where he would, uh, you know, right now, you know, obviously he pulled his name out of the hopper. Uh, he's not returning to Rutgers to once again to be their head coach. Yeah, well, basically, you know, Rutgers was was prepared to, you know, offer eight years, four million a year, um, twenty five million of that thirty two million deal would be fully guaranteed. And, uh, you know, Shiano, look, he was there before. He had a great deal of success when they were in the Big East. Um, you know, from, from the people I talked to, it seemed like that I think Shiano had an interest in going there, but it's like he wasn't, he wasn't fully convinced he wanted to go there. So he, he basically, you know, requested that all of these different things. So kind of like to convince himself that he wanted it. And then when it ultimately got down to it, they just they just could not reach an agreement. You know, and obviously the Rutgers fan base is up in arms because they thought, well, this is the only guy that can turn this program around. Um, you know, nothing against Greg Schiano, but it, Rutgers is in a different place than it was when they were in the Big East. And maybe he would have had success. Maybe he wouldn't have. If it was me, you know, look, I would have accepted a lesser contract because you know, you know, if you win after you know three or four years, you're going your contract's going to get torn up. It's going to get renewed. You're going to get more money. Uh, they ultimately couldn't reach an agreement, and now they they move on. But um, you know, it's it's tough because you know I know that there were people involved that you know it seemed like that they they were fatigued by all the all the the demands that that. Shiano was making and and I understand for making making some of those but I think on the on the flip side they they wanted uh you know someone to come on come in and have some kind of success or at least not lose as badly as they have been before you know before you know giving some of these things that that were asked for uh, but ultimately it went on for a long time it didn't work and now they're now they're back at square one and uh, you know we'll have to see who they end up with. Whoever they get, whether whether it was Shiano or Nick Saban or or Vince Lombardi, I mean that is probably the toughest. Either that or Vanderbilt is the toughest Power Five job, and it's not an, it's not an easy job because you're in the you're in the Big Ten East and you're you're butting heads with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State every, every year. I mean you start you start the year realistically hoping that you're not the 13th or 14th best team in the Big Ten, and that's not a good spot. So we'll have to see where they go from here. Brett McMurphy, uh, college football insider for Stadium. Hey, Brett, thanks for the time this morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, all right? Brett, thanks, man. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.